That's interesting that like because I know no one in my family, no friend group listens to the podcast. Yeah. I bet you like some of them do, you know, I'll get a random one every now and again. Like one of my boys, you know, I'll be like, Yeah, you know, me and my co-founder, I'll be talking about some shit and he'll be like, Jay. And I'm like, Yeah. He goes, Yeah, "Yeah, bro, I know. know." He's like, Yeah, I know who who they are, bro. He's like, Yeah, listen to the pod. And I'm like, You're like, what? Yeah. You're like, why? (laughs) 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 What bet did you lose? It's like, you listen to that? Uh-huh. <laughs> That's so funny. I'm excited about this one today because this is a man near and dear to my heart. This this man I've been through everything with. This is one of my closest confidants, one of my best friends, somebody that, you know, I, I feel that I have a, a very a mentor-mentee type of role, whereas I give him all the tools he needs to succeed. He's so well-known that, I'm going to repeat myself for the umpteenth time. I, there are very few facts I can give about this man that won't give it away. Okay. He's, I want to say he's extremely rich, but we've covered like billionaires and I will preface that by saying he's extremely rich, but he's not like a billionaire type of rich, but he's extremely rich. Okay. One of the most well-known people of our generation, probably. One of the well-known businessmen, celebrities, like this well-known celebrities of our generation he's not from the united states he's not from the united states no interesting last one well i feel like i've gotten none so far how are we on the last one i haven't gotten anything yet okay um <laughs> i'm like yeah we grew up together all right last one uh he's jewish he's Jew- can i get an age range uh, he's in his 30s. He's in his 30s. He's Jewish. And he's not from here. He's one of the most well-known people of our generation. If not the most well-known people of you and my you and I's generation. He's Jewish. He's not from here. He's in his 30s. Is this Justin Bieber? No, this is Aubrey Drake Graham. Damn! <laughs> Dude, you know, if you gave me one more shot, he actually would have been in my top three. I know, but again, you understand that if I gave any other hint, like, it would have given it. Like, I was going to be like, he just dropped an album. You would have been like, oh, he's a oh. musician. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. But that was honestly a good guess because that was, like, right on the mark. Like, he's, that was, like, exactly what I did, but it could have yeah, been one I, of the other. I don't know if Justin Bieber is 30 yet. I think he might be, like, 28. I know he's, like, three yeah. to four years older than us. Yeah, I think he's still in his 20s. He's still in his twenties, yeah. Yeah. Then, uh, like I said, this man, we've been through everything together. Like uh-huh. OVO. He's, he's been in my ears since sixth grade, basically, when I was <laughs> listening to the best I ever had. Yeah. Like staring out the window as a sixth grader, thinking that everything was about me. What do you th- I mean? I don't know if you wrote this one. I don't think you did, but what is the net worth of Drake? I did not write this one, but if I remember okay. correctly, it's 180 million. Wow. We I really gotta find a different way to frame that. We're a different yeah. way to ask that question. Bro, yeah. I don't remember too many of these now, it, especially the ones that I care about. Like, of course, I'm not going to forget Drake. But if you remember in The Remorse, he wrote that line, don't look up my net worth. The numbers are way off. So who knows? He might be worth like half a bill. So, yeah, the, the, the funny thing about that is that was 100% directed at us. <laughs> Bro, I told you, I went to Instagram. I mean, I went to Google right after and I looked this up and I was like, damn, we're not the first result. Because if we yeah. were, I'm really going to send him that post. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> <laughs> but who's to say that we're wrong? 
I feel Drake. good. Yeah, I feel right? good about it. I think 180 million is the right number. Yeah. And if it's not, then Drake, come on and prove us wrong. Open invitation. But he had one of the craziest, not, not crazy, but he had one of the most unique type of paths to stardom because he leveraged his like personal brand through like entrepreneurship. He's been in different types of ventures. He was an actor. I, I look up to Drake in a way because he just did a whole bunch of different things, kind of like you and I do. Mm-hmm. Not to compare ourselves to Drake, but like, you know, he's just, <laughs> <laughs> he's very cute, just like the both of us. Like, <laughs> exactly. He can sing just like us. Yeah, he can sing, my God. Yeah. No, but like in the sense that he did a lot of different things when he was young and he gave himself every opportunity to be successful. Yeah. He was born in Toronto, Canada, obviously on October 24th, 1986, hence OVO, October's very own. His father was a drummer and his mother was an English teacher. Growing up, he attended a Jewish day school and even had a formal bar mitzvah celebration. That I did not know. Eventually, his parents divorced, causing his father to be largely absent in his life. So from around sixth grade onward, he and his mother lived in a small apartment but in an affluent neighborhood where Drake's mother struggled to make ends meet, which is something that he he's always kind of rapped about and talked about. A lot of rappers rap about how they came from hard times and came from nothing and all this stuff. And he's never really like tried to lie and act like he's, you know, had it necessarily hard growing up. Half of his music is like, I went from like an Acura to a a Benz. (laughs) I I listened to that and I was like, that's, that's a nice car. Like, yeah, right. I would like to have an Acura. (laughs) (laughs) I was riding around my 99 Corolla for like six years. Yeah, no, Dave Chappelle had that line in one of his stand-ups where he was like, he was just rich enough to be poor on rich people, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, I feel like that's the sweet spot. That's, you're that's in a good, spot. you're in a good spot. Nice little middle-class Rome. Yep. Yeah. But uh, during this time, he attended Forest Hills Collegiate Institute, where he found a strong passion for the arts. So while he excelled in both acting and singing, he found himself as a target for bullying because he was biracial and religious. So this caused Drake massive hardship, resulting in him actually dropping out, but eventually returning to graduate in 2012. That's wild. Can you imagine being one of the people that bullied Drake? You just got to feel foolish at this point. Yeah. I mean, I guess nobody can really ever know unless he were to, like, expose you. Mm -hmm. I feel like if I were a celebrity, I would expose Oh yeah, I mean, I'm definitely vengeful. Yeah, I'm vengeful, bro. I'm. I'm yeah, I'd like, uh, <laughs> be like, I'm yeah, just going right, to, like uh, at the Grammys. I would just be like, yeah. "Thank you, John Smith, for anybody who wants his address, like right here at yeah, yeah. uh, seven eighty seven eighty seven. You can catch him nine to six at Verizon yeah, in Toronto. But yeah, at the age of fifteen, he was able to land himself a spot on Canadian television. Uh, he was. In a leading role, obviously, in the Canadian teen drama show Degrassi, The Next Generation. Here, he played the role of Jimmy Brooks for seasons one to seven. And at the time, his mom actually became very ill. The only money the two of them had to live off of was the acting paychecks that he was actually receiving. So it's not like he wasn't totally living comfortably, like stuff like this did happen. And he was making $50,000 a year or $2,000 a month post-taxes. And he described this time as actually being very difficult for him, yet very influential and his hunger for more success. It's actually kind of wild. I mean, obviously, this was kind of back in the day, not too far back in the day. It's probably like 2004, three, four, something like that. But like the fact that he was only making 50 grand a year to be, I mean, again, he's 15 years old. So that's a ton to be making as as a 15 year old. But you would think because Degrassi was like, a gigantic hit oh, like it was I remember huge watching that shit all the time yeah yeah i used to watch it too like, you would think that they're making like game of thrones level money like yeah. you know like well yeah i feel like fifty thousand dollars 
at that point was probably it stretched much further than it did today. You know, yeah. this is like, you know, inflation, and everything that's probably like $75,000 mm-hmm. complete guess for today. So like it's decent money. I don't really remember his character. He wasn't, was he a star in Degrassi or was he more of like a supporting role? He Did became more of a spy. Like the end of the show, he was like one of the main characters. Okay. Remember he got like, not to give any spoilers. Uh-huh. To, if you're, I'm about to give a spoiler. Anybody who hasn't watched Degrassi, just skip over the next 10 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> but when he gets shot and when yeah, he's in the wheelchair. And he's like, yeah, crippled. Yeah. And at that point, he's one of the main characters of the show. Like, yeah, that's why I'm just kind of confused by that. But I guess, you know, Mm -hmm. it was more of a low budget show that just happened to pop off. You know, it's not like HBO was behind it or something. Exactly. No, I can see Um, that. He has mentioned a lot in his music about how he wanted more out of himself. So he went from acting to music. He actually started his music career in 2005 on MySpace when he released his first mixtape, Room for Improvement. He was able to sell an astounding 6,000 copies directly after its release. He then fired back with another mixtape the following year titled Comeback Season. This time the mixtape was released via his new, newly opened label, October's Very Own Records, inspired by hip-hop soloists like Jay-Z, who are entirely self-made artists. He also aspired to be self-made. Within Comeback Season, he released a hit single that actually ended a huge opportunity for him. The single's music video had, had premiered on BET. This marked the first time any unsigned Canadian artist had accomplished such a feat. With his name now quickly gaining relevance, it didn't take long for other huge artists to want to meet him. So soon enough, Lil Wayne reached out to Drake after hearing his single that we have yet to know what it is. He invited him to join his The Carter 3 tour, where the two wrote and recorded future hit singles like Forever, one of my favorite songs ever. In 2009, he released his free mixtape, So Far Gone, on his OVO website. The mixtape achieved gold status relatively soon after gaining 2,000 downloads within the first hour, which is crazy because... He only sold he sold six thousand copies of his first mixtape, which was like a huge accomplishment for him. Yeah. And then in the first hour, he gained two thousand downloads of his mixtape so far gone, which is obviously a huge freaking difference. It put him in the middle of a huge bidding war between record labels, as now everyone wanted to sign him. So eventually he's signed with Lil Wayne's Cash Money Records in 2009, where the group Young Money obviously was born. Young Money. So Young Money. The start of a golden age of success for Drake. He released his debut studio album, Thank Me Later, on June 15th, 2010. The album quickly gained the number one spot on both the Canadian and American top billboards. Every album he's ever released since then has achieved four times platinum. <laughs> that is a crazy yeah, stat. That's just a crazy wild. stat. No, the dude is literally the Michael Jordan of music, man. He's, yeah. like, he's so special. Yeah. Oh, I just think about all those times <laughs> talking about the mindset that he needed to achieve these types of things. And I just was like, one day I sat him down and I was like, bro, you're better than acting. Yup. Like, why don't you just, you know, I've heard, I've heard your bars. Like, just go <laughs> and st- just drop something. See what happens on MySpace. Go space. Yeah. Stew. And, up. you know, he asked me to come with him. And obviously I had other uh, obligations. Mm-hmm. So I decided not to go. Wish I had. But, you know, he still <laughs> takes care of me. So. Uh, that's um, all we care about. That's all That's all we care about. Outside of his music career, Drake has taken on a number of notable streams of revenue. When Apple Music first released to the public, he signed an astounding $19 million deal with the platform. So this would allow the streaming service to act as the home for all future Drake and solo album debuts. Another wild thing is that Apple Music was it only came out like pretty recently. I remember like, mm-hmm. I think we were freshmen in college when it came out. And yeah. I was like, yeah. And I remember I was on my phone and or like maybe a little bit before like it was like the summer going into college and it was like stream all music you want like for five dollars a month because we were a student and i was like i was like that sounds incredible so i just did it 
And it's just crazy to see what it's become. And like the fact that people are signing deals at that time with it. Now it's just like the standard, like nobody's signing deals with Apple music, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, hundred percent. So we took advantage of that while it was still like, you know, kind of a fledgling type of idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A number of endorsement deals have found themselves at Drake's doorstep, signing deals with companies, including Sprite, Burger King, Nike, Apple. He's amassed a significantly large net worth. As we talked about, he's also the global ambassador for the Toronto Raptors, a team he's shown great passion and love for in the past on an annual basis. The artist even holds a Drake night with the team. It's kind of, that's why that's yeah. It's kind of, <laughs> that part is kind of like ridiculous, but yeah. Um, but I, he probably gives them so much money. So I oh, guess you do yeah. deserve a Drake night at that point. They even yeah, have jerseys no. after his, you know, clothing. Bro, brand. Yeah. He might as well be a player on the team. Like that dude is like, he wants to be red. so bad. He does. He does. His jump shot broke though. So oh, it's terrible. It's, it's terrible. It's, it's terrible. Yeah. You ever seen that video of him in the Kentucky lineup? Yeah, no, 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 I, I don't know if I saw that one. Particular. I mean, he had highlights. I bet you he could probably still cook me, but like, yeah. I, I, but I just hate his form, bro. His form. Just it's really bad. It's you bad. haven't seen that video? He's like literally in a Kentucky warm up with like the team. No, I think it was when like Devin Booker was on the team, like, and he's in the he's in the layup lines with them, and he takes a shot, and he just like completely clanks it. I don't know if it was an air ball or he clanked it, but it was a dead serious shot, and it was terrible. And that was like it was like so viral at the time. That's Yo, you have to look that up. That was like one of the. I looked that up after this. That was like a classic meme, like him in the Kentucky warm up, and he just like misses the shot. You break. <laughs> But anyway, in 2016, he launched his very own line of bourbon whiskey. The company took on the name Virginia Black. It was able to sell 4,000 bottles on the first week of release. They later shipped out 30,000 more bottles as the year progressed. You know, I've never actually seen a bottle of Virginia Black anywhere. Yeah, and that's those numbers sound really low. So that they do successful. That don't sound successful. Yeah, I mean, celebrity alcohol, I feel like, isn't really that. You know, it's not something they release to you like, like, oh, I got to get that. You know, it's just yeah. like, no, I mean, I've seen the I mean, I think the most popular celebrity alcohol of all time might be Casamigos because that's yeah. George. Um, Who's George? It's not George Lucas. Who's uh, Clooney? Clooney. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so that's George Clooney. Casamigos is George Clooney's. Yeah. That's George Clooney's. Um, Interesting. And then, oh, no, that's not true. Because Ciroc is also who owns Ciroc. I think that's either. I thought Meek Mill did. No, or am I no, wrong? No, no, no. Couldn't have been him. <laughs> I know. I know it's that could have been so wrong. Khaled took over at one point, but hold up. I, got I just know, like, I think I'm just thinking of Meek Mill Sans Rock Boys, like, in all of his music back then. Um, damn, wait, maybe, maybe a rapper didn't start Ciroc. I could have sworn. Okay, I think it's just rapper. a bunch of rappers loved. No, no, no yeah, yeah, P. Diddy, P. Diddy, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, P. Diddy, yeah, yeah, that yeah, would make so, more sense. Exactly. Yeah. So P. Diddy, I know, has like a is like a big owner of Ciroc. There's Casamigos. I know The Rock himself owns his own tequila that like I love that one actually. Terramana. Yeah, yeah. Terramana. That one that one's actually pretty fire. And then Kylie just dropped her new tequila as well, like eight one eight or some shit like that. Yeah, I've had it. That one I don't really like that one. Is that is that, is that the the vanilla one? The one it is, vanilla? yeah. Yeah. Okay. And you can actually taste the vanilla, yeah. You can taste yeah, I remember it yeah. was all right. Yeah. The only okay, problem outside outside yeah. of that, I'm like, nah. Yeah, I oh, haven't wait, 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 had. We're missing a huge one. Connor, Connor McGregor, proper twelve, proper number twelve, Irish whiskey. The one thing I will say is that uh, I haven't had like a celebrity alcohol that is like good, like you know, compared to like, mm-hmm. so, like I don't know. I just feel like they're not worth it. Like they're over, yeah. they're usually overpriced. For one, we're getting way off track. We're gonna get right back, but yeah. they're usually they're usually overpriced, mm-hmm. and they usually aren't as good as like some of the stuff that you can find that's really good. Like personally, I like tequila. Mm-hmm. I didn't know Casamigos was owned by George Clooney, but like, yeah, 
I hate Cosmigos. Like I, I don't hate it, but sure. I just think I just think it's like way overpriced. Like for what yeah, yeah. you know, you too. for like what you could really get. Like Terramana is going to get like that right now. It's cheap because I guess he's trying to sell a lot the rock, but mm-hmm. it'll eventually be really expensive because it's getting popular and yeah. there are just so many good alcohols. But it's a good way to make money. Fuck it, why not? Right. But at the same time, like we were saying with Virginia Black, I don't think it's like necessarily going to be one of the main things that, that makes them money ever. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, the end of this story that's still being written because Drake has just released an album that also went four times platinum, I assume. Yep. But he also grew his net worth massively through world tour shows. His most successful tour to date was the Summer 16 tour that happened to reel in $80 million across 53 different shows. All in all, Drake has embarked on five world tours thus far. Obviously, it's been a while because of COVID, but I'm sure once, you know, things kind of, I guess, get back to normal, he'll be doing that again. But mm-hmm. he makes tons of money when he does that. As of 2021, his net worth amounts to nearly $180 million. From 2010 to 2020, Drake amassed nearly $433 million in annual earnings combined. He holds a lot of this wealth through real estate. He initially eyed his dream estate in the Hidden Hills, but waited until the owner listed the property for a discount of $7 million following the real estate crisis of 2009. It was originally $27 million, so I guess he got it for $20 million. He extended his, he extended his property by buying the neighboring estate for another $1.6 million, and he now owns a Toronto mansion called the Embassy, which is worth a whopping $150 million. The house is lined with limestone, bronze, and exotic woods. The mansion also has crazy amenities like an NBA regulation size indoor basketball court and a 21 square foot pyramidal skylight. Yeah, um, and if you ever watch um, Pussy Slide, the music video, that that's the embassy, the house. That, that is, right? That's what that's I thought. Embassy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's only like two spaces in the embassy, I'm sure. Like, exactly. it's like oh two hallways. God, no, that shit is like a town. That, that, that that's house. insane. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, wild. Like, I remember we were sitting down with the architect and I was just like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the NBA court gonna go right there. Right? <laughs> I was he was like he wanted to put the NBA court at the front, and I was like, bro, that yeah, makes no yeah, sense. Yeah. People want to ride up and see the the doors. They want to they, yep. they don't want to see that, so you put it in the back, and then mm-hmm. I have my own private entrance in the back, and it's it's been a dream for me. Like <laughs> every time you go to Toronto, it's just there. Yeah, now it's it's a hotel of its own. That place exactly. You don't even know your home. Yep, man, I miss him. But anyway, (laughs) pain is motivation is one of the key takeaways of Drake's story. Growing up, he experienced many hardships, not necessarily financial for the most part, but he was bullied a lot. Uh, And that's stuff that, you know, a lot of people face in their day-to-day lives. Similar to Drake, we have to use these moments of struggle as motivation and as a basis for wanting more in life. So what doesn't destroy us can only make us stronger. Who wrote this? That is a Kelly Clarkson. (laughs) What is that? Is it Katy Perry? Who said that? (laughs) No, I think that's Kelly Clarkson. That is a Kelly Clarkson classic that he just threw in there. Yeah, (laughs) bro. He's about to sue us for coming. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Who wrote that? (laughs) I guess Edwin. I'm going to have to text him and let him know. (laughs) (laughs) He just threw it in there. What doesn't destroy us can only make us stronger. Yep. I feel you, Edwin. But use your pain as a motivation and get what you want in life. Always strive to be the owner. Drake understood the value of his skills and the value of ownership. From the very beginning, he always had his eyes set on entrepreneurship and creating the brand he ultimately wished to represent. And last, never stop building. Even at the top of the rap game, Drake never rested for a second. Whether it be new real estate investments, new studio albums, or new brand endorsement deals, Drake continuously sought ways to grow his net worth. So we also need to be this hungry and dedicated to striving for our own stars and dreams. And that is uh, the story of Aubrey Drake Graham. His most recent album is Certified Lover Boy. 
Um, CLB. If you don't know who Drake is, he's the guy with the heart shaved into his head these days. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, this is my opinion, the greatest artist of our generation, all things considered in terms of like popularity, music, quality, notoriety, like all that type of stuff. Like, I just love Drake. Yeah, no, me and my roommate are both big, you know, Drake fans. And yeah. he's he's like a Drake fan to his own demise. Like, he really will die on that hill. Oh, really? <laughs> like, you, can't even, you can't even kind of entertain somebody else's better. What I will say, because just because I've looked at it too many times, I think the artist of our generation is Justin Bieber. Mm. Only for the fact where if you look at Spotify, bro, it don't matter at any point, right? Like, when Drake dropped CLB, like when, you know, mm. Kanye dropped Yeezy, somehow Justin Bieber was still the number one most listened to artist in all like in the entire world like insane, 84 yeah. million monthly listeners and I've never seen Drake like get above 65 million yeah like, Justin Bieber he's just like that dude like everyone is yeah. like and I guess like Canada just knows how to make great artists you know but, yeah yeah Justin Bieber, bro, he's always number one on Spotify. And on top of that, I think he has twice as many Instagram followers as Drake as well. That's like, crazy. I mean, yeah, like, he, like, you'd have to look at I because I think like Drake has like 70 to 80 million. But I think Biebs has like 170 or like 160. That's insane. No, he's crazy, bro. Like he really is like one of the most famous people in the world. So like, uh, I would I mean, who, you know, Drake can hold down that number two spot. But I might have to die on the hill of Justin Bieber is the greatest artist of our generation. I would agree like all things considered like if i'm yeah. just like my personal favorite obviously is drake if i'm being you know realistic and impartial about it like obviously yeah. it, obviously it's just a beaver i would agree i think his music just um caters to more people obviously drake makes a lot of music that everybody loves but mm-hmm. when you have like as good of a voice as justin bieber does you sing but you're also in songs with rappers and you're also doing all this other stuff yeah seven-year-old girls can like your music and also like 60 year old men women yeah. anybody can listen to your music that's when you've really hit every single possible demographic you can yeah like drake definitely doesn't fit every single demographic of music listeners and i think that's probably where the drop off is a hundred percent a hundred percent but i mean hey drizzy you know you hold down that number two spot strong so drake's always the number one person on my spotify wrapped every year yeah 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 you know he he's my number one but i think like objectively i would have to give it to bieber for like most influential artists of our generation yeah yeah Well, well things might change we're actually working on a new project coming out uh 2020 <laughs> i can't like when you start smiling i can't like do it seriously like i i want so badly to just like say it and normally have, have everyone li- like believe you yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. working with drake That's yeah awesome. we're working on a new project in 2022 uh probably gonna get delayed to 2023 uh, uh just based on the way things have been progressing but you know a lot of different sounds uh a lot of uh tune for your head top all that whoa, keep whoa, locked whoa, what's, what's your rapper name what's your rapper name Little fridge. Little fridge. <laughs> That's right. You got the deli meats. Little fridge. Little fridge with the deli meats. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You don't. You want to know why? Because if you need sauce, I got you. If you need sauce, I got you. If you cheat, if you need cheddar, I got you. Okay. Okay. Yep. What about if them you, greens? You got them greens? If you need greens, I got you. You got them greens. Okay, little fridge. Talk just that open, shit. Just, just open up the fridge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and let it roll out. I, that literally just came to me. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody else takes that name, just know I'm taking you to court. I will stop at nothing. We'll be taking will, all suit. We'll be taking yes. to court. Kelly Clarkson will be taking us to court. Yeah. Key takeaway. Any money we make from that lawsuit will go directly to Kelly Clarkson, but it's fine. Drake... You know, I love you, bro. Like, we'll be in touch soon. And uh, everybody keep it locked next week for one of our final 
interviews of the year, it's going to be a good one. So keep it locked here. You know what to do. Yes, sir.